All right, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the 32nd Psalm. Psalm 32. Psalm 32. I didn't have to search too long to find a title for this when I thought about myself, okay? Just turn ourselves in. Just turn yourself in. It'd be a whole lot easier on you. When I think about that title, I think about gun smoke, okay? The man gives him a choice here. He says, hey, if you just turn yourself in, it'll go a whole lot easier for you. So the same thing with us. Whether we're lost or whether we're backslid or whether we're a sinner. And now one, we're either one of the three of those, okay? Some of us might be two of those. But the best thing to do is just turn yourself in. Now this, this psalm here, um, David, the writer, um, wrote these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God after he was convicted of his sin of adultery with Bathsheba. After he was con- uh, convicted of getting a man drunk. After he was convicted of having him killed. This is what he says. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is a man unto, unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, and this is what David said, now listen, when I kept silence, when I didn't say a thing about my sin, when I didn't commit, confess my sin, he said, my bones begin to wax old through my roaring all the day long. And listen, for night and day, he says, God's hand, thy hand was heavy upon me. The moisture is turned into drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee, in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from my trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, Father, I beg you to touch my lips, my tongue. May, may I say exactly what you won't say in here today. Because, Lord, you know how each one of us needs to be spoken to. And Lord, I stand ready to be adjusted by you. I stand ready to be punched by you. I stand ready for that scolding, whatever I need, Lord, to get right with you and to stay right with you. Lord, I just want to be your servant in your hands, for I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. There are some things in this world we will never, ever get over. We could get forgiveness, but we will never, ever get over. My past sins are under the blood of Jesus. That means when God looks at this sorry thing, he don't see my past sins because they are under the blood of Jesus. You can't see through blood. 
But the devil reminds me of what I used to be. And that's the memory. There are some things in this life we will never get over. But if we've asked God to forgive us, he has forgiven us and cleansed us. And so we stand naked before him. I mean, he knows our inward parts. The Bible says he knows my thoughts before I think them. And even this morning in my devotional, the very hairs of my head are all numbered. Now that's something. I don't know how many I've got. I got a few. I've still got more than some. Uh, I may have less than others, but they're all numbered, the Bible says. That's that's just more than I can understand or or take in. Can you imagine sitting down with somebody? uh, Where's Jed? There he is right there. Can you imagine me sitting down and Jed says, I want you to count and see how many hairs I got. I wouldn't be done by this time next week. And, and you know, they, they, these things that we can't get over. Listen, the devil reminds us of these things so we won't be as active for the Lord as we want to be. You see, because the devil said, oh, I know what you used to be. The best thing you can do is back off because you can't tell that person about Jesus because they know what you used to be also. And the best thing you can do is just be quiet. The Bible says... If we don't cry out to the Lord, the rocks will. You say, I don't believe that. Well, let me just tell you. God spoke through a rooster. He spoke through a donkey. And somebody said he speaks through this donkey. (laughs) They didn't say donkey. (laughs) Well, some things we'll never get over. Words that are passed out unrehearsed sometimes. But there are some things we'll never get over. I think of things like losing a mate, losing a child, losing your job, losing your house to fire, or your possessions to a thief, uh, a flood, child abuse, spouse abuse, losing the trust of your best friend. And there's one thing that sometimes we don't think about is the consequences of sin. But as I said, please, I beg you today, just ask God to forgive you, and he says that he will. And when he forgives, this is another thing amazing about my God. When he forgives, the Bible says he forgets. How in the world can he do that? All I know is he does it because he said he would and because he's God. Hello? I mean, no. And I'll tell you what we are as humans, okay? Well, I'm going to forgive him, but I ain't going to forget it. Well, you just said, well, not forgive him then because the devil will ride you to death on that horse, son. You think, well, I've got this. I can handle this. Well, you just go ahead. If you think you can handle it, you just go ahead. And next thing you know, your hind end will be bit. Hello? There are some things that we'll never get over. And David, those things, he he reminded himself. And and so I look at verse 5, okay? Turn ourselves in. Here's what we do. If we're going to turn ourselves in, when we do, we're going to be pardoned of sin. Verse 5 says, David said, I acknowledge my sin. Now, you see what brought him to that point. He said, when I kept silence, my bones whacked old. So whacked old, I mean, his bones probably was weak. 
and easily broken. And then, then he says, he talks about the, the sweat, the moisture in his hands became so dry that his hands just cracked open and began to bleed. And some of you know about that. Well, he said, after I went through all this, I simply said, in verse 5, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, unto God. That's who to confess to. And mine iniquity have I not hidden. And then he says, I will confess my sins unto the Lord. And when I did, he says, and thou forgave me of my wickedness of my sin. I mean, that's his, his life, to say the least, is a horrible past consequences. Uh, the Bible says that the sword, that is the death, the struggles and the fights, never left his household. The Bible says you reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow, and you reap longer than you sow. I'm not proud of my past, and I wish I could not remember it, but I think sometimes, listen, I thank God for the memory, because if I didn't remember, hey, that's wrong, you know what happened, then I'd probably go back there. But I, don't, I remember it. Not that I'm proud to remember it, but I remember it. And it bothers me, it hurts. So, the pardon of sin, you see, we can't ignore or deny sin. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, the, the least thing, uh, it, it sometimes is the hardest thing to do. You know, to say I'm sorry. To say I'm sorry. And so he said, I acknowledge my sin. I recognize it and I admit it. You know, that's where some of us are. We don't want to admit that we did this or that. But the quicker you admit it to whatever or whoever, the more calm and at peace you're going to be. Now, the devil don't want you doing that because, see, once, it, once we backslide into his territory, hey, he thinks, okay, I, I got him. No, he can't have my soul because, listen, I believe in once saved, always saved, if you were ever saved because, listen, when my mom and daddy had me as a child, my blood came from my daddy's blood and not one time did he say, you're not my son, you get out of here. Not one time. Even if he had a, it wouldn't have worked because you do a DNA test, my blood matches his blood. Hello, am I right? That's right. And God says, hey, there's are my children, devil. You might get there body, but you'll never get their soul. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. Listen, we got a place in heaven waiting on us, and the devil can't touch it. Wow. I mean, it's just amazing to me. We need to believe God the Father. We need to believe that Jesus can and will do what he said. And I think about those things. Listen, we need to confess our transgressions, our sin, um, Probably one of our, as Christians now, one of our greatest sins is plain disobedience. Hey, we know what the book says. We know what the book says if we've read it. If you haven't read anything else but the Ten Commandments, we know what it says. And the Bible says if you break one, you have broken all of them. So I stand guilty before you. Confessing sin. Asking God to forgive me. We're human. God knew when he invented us. 
<laughs> when he created us, we were going to sin. That's why he sent Jesus. You and I couldn't pay for them sins. We couldn't pay for them. If we had all the money in the world, we could not pay for our sins. He said, well, preacher, I, I can't know that I'm sinning. Well, let me tell you what the Bible says. <laughs> when we say we have not sinned, we make God out to be a liar. And the Bible says the truth, that is Jesus, is not in us. So nobody in their right mind can say, hey, I've never sinned. Well, you sinned right there. <laughs> hey, I've never sinned. I lied right there. The Bible says all liars go to hell. You know what, what it says? The Bible says also that when a person goes to hell, that hell, the, the people that are there rise up to meet the newcomer. I can't imagine that. Fire, a lake of fire that'll never be quenched. You call all the firemen in the world and send them there. They'll not be able to quench the fire. The pardon of sin. Things you'll never get over. Just turn yourself in. Get pardon of sin. Secondly, listen. When we turn ourselves in, we can praise God for salvation. Look at verse 6. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee. In a time, now listen, we're in a time right now, okay? In a time when thou mayest be found. There could come a day when God is not accessible. Could be. There could come a day. There could come a day when you can't get a hold to a copy of God's holy word. That's why it's so important to memorize as much scripture as you can. So if, if we lose our Bibles, I can't imagine that, but it's possible. When we, if we were to lose them, that we would have enough uh, in our memory bank and in, in our hearts to be able to keep ourselves going. Verse 6 continues, in a time when thou mayest be found, surely, he says, surely to goodness, in the floods of great waters, they shall not come nigh unto him. You talk to God while he may be found. That's the thing. Let me give you his phone number right quick. If you've never heard of God's phone number, it's real simple, Jeremiah 33, 3. The Bible says, that verse says, call on me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things you have never seen. And if you don't believe it, I'll even open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you that you, that so many of them, you can't receive them all. That's what he said. And I believe what God said is, is. You think about the Ethiopian eunuch. He was lost. But when Philip joined himself to the chariot, he simply said, what hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, you believe? He said, yes, sir, I believe. He said, okay, then we'll baptize you. Paul's conversion, when he was struck down on the road to Damascus, <laughs> he said this, very simple, Lord, what do you want me to do? I can relate to that. Oh, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I knew what he wanted me to do. The Philippian jailer, that old Paul, Silas and them are all locked down, chains and everything. <laughs> I don't know what they were singing, but I'd like to think they were singing amazing grace. How sweet the sound. And all of a sudden, there was an earthquake and the lights blinked and flittered and went out and the chains fell off and the guard come rushing in because it was his life if he lost them. 
Doors standing open, chains fell off. Paul said, can't you see him sitting there smiling? Hello, dude, how you doing? Oh, y'all still? Hey, man, everybody's here. We ain't gone nowhere. Can you imagine Paul telling him the story about Jesus? And when he finished, he just said, I want to know what I can do to be saved. His, him, not only him, but his whole house got saved. I mean, hey, that's, that's a blessing right there. I wouldn't call their name for a reason of embarrassment, but they're seated here in the auditorium today. When I visit them, the husband accepted Christ, the mother accepted Christ, and the two boys accepted Christ right there in their den, baptized all of them. Hey, the whole family was saved. Well, in the floods of great waters, in other words, when the storms come, the floods of great water. Listen, storms are going to come. You're going to have storms. You just well mark it down. You know what? Every Christian, now listen, every Christian right now, we either have just come out of a storm or we are in a storm or we're headed for a storm. And you and I, we can't avoid that. The Bible says he, God loves us and he's a jealous God and he'll do whatever it takes to draw us to him or draw us back to him. You understand? It's, it's important. These floods of great waters when they come, don't let it frustrate you. Don't let it cause you to turn and run away from God because God's still on the throne. These storms sometimes come to get us brought closer to him. You understand? Closer to him. You can't get too close to God. Peter wanted to. He told Jesus, hey, I'll go to the cross with you. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. I'll do it. And Jesus said, son, you can't do that. I know you want to. Your heart's in the right place. And your attitude's right. But you can't do it. You can't, you're, not, you're not strong enough to do it. But Peter, listen, son, I love you. And when you get your strength, I want you to go strengthen your brethren. Those you hang out with. You share with them. Well, turn yourself in. It'll get you a pardon of sin. It'll also give you a praise of salvation. But last of all, it'll give you a place of security. Look at verse 7. Here's the place of security. Verse 7 of Psalm 32. Thou art my hiding place. Hey, whoa. Let me, let me tell you something. I love to play hide and seek with the grand youngins. Hide and seek. Now, some of them done got too old to play hide and go seek, but I'll slip up on them anyhow. <laughs> but go play hide and go seek. You know, go just hide from them. Let them pass you four or five times. Look, granddaddy, don't say a word. Just sit there. And rectally, they come slipping in, and you jump out and say, boo! And they go to running, you know, screaming and carrying on. Listen, God is my hiding place. I can't hide from him, but I can hide in him. Do you understand? I can hide in him. And the closer I am to him, the more hidden I am away from Satan. Can you imagine Satan coming looking for you? Hey, bud, I've been looking for you all day. Where you been? Well, I've been close to God as I could get. Well, I figured you must have been hanging out with him. But what it says right there, thou art my hiding place. Look at that verse. Thou shalt preserve. Look at that word, preserve me from trouble. You know, when I think of preserve, or preserve, I think of the good preserves that mama used to make. Now, let me tell you what I heard about those things. The older they get, 
the sweeter they get. First thing you know, they turn to sugar. Ain't that the way we're supposed to be? The older we get, the sweeter we ought to get. Really? Some of you, bless your hearts, you're so sweet you done turn diabetic. <laughs> and God bless you. Our youngest son's diabetic. Hey, hang in there. God's got a plan. Look what he says. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. And he says, thou shalt come pass me about with songs of deliverance. Thank you, choir. I don't care for the next two months if y'all just break out and sing those, that Easter cantata song. Just pull out one and do it. Somebody say, well, we've heard that before. I don't care. When you get enough of singing, you won't be in heaven, hello. They're going to be singing, shouting, and praising God the whole time up there. You know something else? Uh, uh, one night, you know every Sunday night I say anybody got a word of testimony, something you want to share? And this lady, bless her heart, she was sweet. But she's, <clears throat> when I asked that question, she said, Preacher, I said, ma'am, you know when you preached that sermon last? I said, I sure do. I told her. I said, did you, uh, did you get the points? Oh, I don't remember them. I just wrote down a date when you preached it last. Well, my goodness alive. If a song is worth singing more than one, surely the goodness of a sermon is worth preaching more than one time. After three or four same sermon preachers, people come, deacons come to and say, Preacher, you preached that sermon the last four Sundays. When are you going to change? He said, As soon as you start doing what I done told you to do. <laughs> I mean, we can't go from first base to second till we get to first, right? We got to hang in there. First thing you know, we're on third. That's where a lot of us are today, right now. We're on third base. You know what's next. I'm waiting for God to shout and send Jesus so I can go home. <clears throat> I remember the days of our little boys playing baseball. And I, I was blessed to be able to coach both of my sons. <laughs> and they said this coach told little Johnny, bless his heart, he was just, he couldn't get a hold of everything. And he said, now, Johnny, listen, son, when you get on third base, if you get on third base, and that's in those days when they, hey, six or seven balls, they want him to get on, want him to run. He's on third base. And the coach said, if you get to third base, son, and the ball's hit, I want you to go home as hard as you can go. Uh, Georgia pitcher throwed the ball, the ball was hit, Johnny cut out running, went through the entrance gate, and went home. <laughs> Sometimes we just misunderstand, you understand? We, we have good intentions, we mean well, but God said, look, you're on third base, you're waiting on the shout, and I'm going to come. Listen, I'm not looking for a sign from God. I'm looking for a shout from heaven so Jesus could come and get this mess over with. Wow. Where was I? Oh, the hiding place. The hiding place. The personal personal claims, the joy of living a spiritual life. And, and, and God, listen, God's our refuge. He wants his youngins to come. He wants him to come. You know, only God knows how it makes this old man feel. When I hear on the other end, Daddy, what you doing? Daddy, what you up to? Calling, checking on their daddy. God's the same way he wants to hear from his children. Call on him. He said, I'll answer you. 
Well, I think about that hiding place, and I think about thou shalt preserve me from, uh, from uh, trouble. He's, gonna, he's the only one that can keep me, by the way. I can't keep myself. I didn't get myself saved. So therefore, I can't get myself lost. So therefore, I'm kept by the power of God. David had plenty to rejoice about when he finished doing all this. So I asked you, I asked myself, what do we have to rejoice about today? Uh, let me give you this right quick. John 10, 10. In that verse, Jesus himself said, the thief comes. He's a thief, y'all. John 10, 10. He's a thief. He's a liar. In fact, the Bible says he is the father of lies. But look, the verse says, <clears throat> the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's the devil. Let me tell you what he does. He comes to steal our blessings. God has blessings on top of blessings for us, but the devil steals them away. He comes to kill our joy, to kill our happiness as a Christian. Steal, kill, and he will destroy your and my testimony. Let me tell you something. I only get one chance to make a good first impression. Hello? One chance to make a first good impression. If I make the wrong impression, hey, it's over with. You may never get that opportunity again. You may never get it again. Destroy our testimony. You see, the, the ark um, was covered by the mercy seat. Old Noah, he was covered by the ark that God allowed him to build. The Egyptians, that enemy crowd was covered by the flood. He drowned every one of them. And you and I, if we're saved, we're covered by the blood of Jesus. I just want to just simply say, if you haven't been saved, turn yourself in. It would be a whole lot easier if you turn yourself in. Be saved because when we leave this world, guys, the next step is standing before the throne of God, before God Almighty. And if we haven't turned ourselves in, you're going to hear him say, I'm sorry, I never knew you. I never knew you. Hell is full of people with good intentions. I'm going to wait till tomorrow. I'm going to wait till I have my family. I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. And first thing you know, the waiting period is over. And reality is come home. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask you to touch hearts and lives. Lord, I thank you for this holy word you've allowed me to, to share with my people today. Lord, I pray that you'd bless every home that's represented in this room. Lord, you know what each one of us need today. You know where we stand with you today. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'd touch hearts and lives today. And God, may your will be done, for we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.